where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm avid reader and Chilton alum, Flo Siegel. I'm Colleen, wannabe FBI agent and space cat enthusiast. And I am United Nations ambassador and Starfleet cadet Anders. You know, we all kind of come from different places, different circumstances, but one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn we still have from a very long list of incredible women. <laughs> very long. <laughs> Extensive. Mm. <laughs> so March was Women's History Month. We were all pretty busy. So we are celebrating in April. Sorry about that, belated. But today on Bohemian Geek Studies, we are celebrating by taking a detailed dorky dive into our favorite female characters across fandom. So beware, there will be spoilers for all of these titles, which are extremely varied and quite likely some adult content. So grab a drink from the bar and join us as we uncover what makes these women great. Okay, so the rules that we gave ourselves was we each got three picks, which equals nine, and there was an extra pick. We limited ourselves to one pick per franchise, and then we have a, like we said, extremely extensive list of honorable mentions. Like, it's honestly ridiculous. I hadn't looked at it until we opened up the Zoom, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, did you two have any particular logic about how you made your picks? I didn't think I did <laughs> until I looked back through them to write my little synopses and I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I definitely did. I picked strong women who somehow affected me when I was younger. So all of my picks are probably older characters for some people, especially if you're listening and you're like in your teens, so you're going to be like, what? <laughs> probably. Uh, so yeah people who made an impression on me when cool. I was younger. Mm -hmm. What about you, Anders? So one of my picks very much just came to my head almost straight away. Um, another one, I really wanted to get one for a particular franchise, which we'll get to. And then my third one, I was like waffling between like several just different ones. And I ultimately just landed on, landed on one. So every, every single pick had a slightly different logic to it. I like that. Um, yeah, I didn't think that I would have a theme and then I totally had a theme. I'm a Ravenclaw. And so all of my picks are like extremely intelligent, like almost annoyingly <laughs> intelligent. Um, but they all are very different too. And definitely one of them, I was like, this is my sleeper pick. Uh, I'm really excited about it because that was a character that I really related to as like a middle schooler. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited. Should we just get into it? I think so. Yes. All right, Colleen, you want to kick us off? All right, so when we decided to do this pod, I immediately, like Anders, thought of one character I knew would top my list. And this is Dana Scully from The X-Files, played by Jillian Anderson. I fucking love Scully. <laughs> she is probably my most formative character like from pop culture in my entire life. She changed my life, basically. It's not an understatement. After watching The X-Files and seeing that there was a female character who also had red hair, which was probably why I liked her so much at first. She's out there kicking ass. She's making fun of the male lead, Fox Mulder, in every episode. <laughs> I really got hooked on this idea of becoming an FBI agent. 
and I was interested in pathology, decided that that was my way into the FBI, just like Scully, become a doctor, try my medal at this government agency and just go kick ass. I thought that would be fun. And the dream didn't come true. I actually had a really bad advisor who told me that women would never become good FBI agents. And when you're like, yeah, yeah. did you tell him to go fuck himself? (laughs) No, because I was 18 and stupid and basically it's just like, oh, well, I guess fuck me then. (laughs) So I changed majors, but it actually was a good idea. I changed to English and it sent me in a totally different trajectory than I expected. But now I'm here with you guys. So I think, I think it went pretty well. I think Scully made a lot of young girls dream of going into typically male dominated fields, which Mm -hmm. I love about her and I love for all of the girls that she inspired. She's no nonsense. She's powerful, very complex. She's a really good role model. She's like the one who's out there going, Mulder, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that about her. She never gives up on anything, even when Mulder fucking disappeared from the show. Like David Duchovny, he left. Julian Anderson was like, well, fuck you. I guess I'm staying. <laughs> I loved it. I did like their relationship though, even though it didn't show a lot of romance on the show which was probably a better idea they stuck with like the cases of the week they stuck with their relationship as fellow fbi agents and the romance was there but it was more believable so many shows like lose their traction when they put the sizzling leads together Mm -hmm. and these two had that chemistry but it didn't derail the show i loved that part of it they like kept things interesting and kept the focus on Scully. Like, thank you. Don't just make her a backseat to Mulder. That for me was cool for a lady character to like have top billing with the guy. Fantastic. And she got so much attention from the role too, which was great. Uh, one of my favorite exchanges between them is freaking hilarious. It showed how comedic they both were. And I think it led to a lot of Jillian Anderson's roles later. They're trying to drive to a scene and they're being affected by whatever monster of the week is happening in the case. And Scully's like, why do you always get to drive? Because you're the big macho man. <laughs> like, yes, girl. And of course he's like, I didn't think your little feet could reach the pedals. I'm like, oh, you two oh. are going to talk later. Hell no. <laughs> this is so good. I love it. But it was just like that really fun chemistry between two leads who could take each other on. And she's like this freaking five foot two woman talking mm-hmm. back to this over six foot guy. I loved that. Jillian Anderson, she's probably my favorite actress. I love her. Going back through her many, many roles, I'm like, holy shit. She is such a strong, like a strong actress, strong characters. She played Jean on Sex Education. I love her so I much. I love Sex Education. Yeah. It's so good. And I Shouts to Maeve role. as well. <laughs> oh yes, shouts to Maeve. No one always. Uh, she also played Margaret Thatcher on The Crown, who's like the epitome of no matter what your politics lean towards, she was still a very strong woman in a male dominated role. And then Stella Gibson from The Fall, holy shit. That character, whoo. Insane. So good. I need to go and rewatch that right now. <laughs> well, that I is should, my first one. I love her. I should really like try watching X-Files. Like my memories of mm-hmm. X-Files are like my parents would watch X-Files and I was probably like, nine or something and I would hear that like mm-hmm. do 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 whatever yeah like the theme song starting and I would be like bye I'm out of here back up to my room because I was so scared of the Xbox yes. oh uh, yeah <laughs> like yeah. absolutely not but yeah I'll have to try it out I had I it going it. <laughs> I had it going as like a like I didn't 
there was nothing in particular on during some period. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. X-Files is on Netflix. I'm actually going to go back and watch it. I had never really mm-hmm. seen it before. I think I got through two seasons before I was like, all right, I need to put this down, check yeah. something else out and I'll go back. And I still haven't gone back. Oh, so I do want to. You're getting into point. the good part. <laughs> like when you, like <laughs> Yo, season three and four, holy shit. Stuff that just, it, I mean, we use the term like hasn't aged well for like tropes and jokes and stuff, but that show more hasn't aged well, just like the tech that they're using. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like wardrobes. And their wardrobes. Yeah. It's, Scully's gets it's better, so dated. But it's, yeah, the first couple seasons are very dated. Although the acting is always very strong. The acting's always good. Yeah. The, the tech, oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Well, you want to go? All right, I can go, but like my my first round draft pick is pretty polarizing because some people hate her, but <laughs> I have picked as my number one draft pick Rory Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> Ooh, saucy pick. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a hot take kind of. Um yeah, so a lot of people hate Rory, especially I feel like as they rewatch the show as adults, they're like, ew, like what the hell is wrong with mm-hmm. Rory? And I understand that she is manipulative she's kind of a diva she like takes very well to having money <laughs> um, very well <laughs> which like I mean to be honest but get it, like, girl who wouldn't who wouldn't take it well um mm-hmm. she does treat her boyfriends quite poorly she is a brat to Lorelai at times and to her grandparents this is all true and I recognize that and she is imperfect and I will say like all the women that I picked are imperfect we are all imperfect and that's mm-hmm. okay so The great things about Rory is she is unabashedly intelligent. She Mm -hmm. like, if you remember the first episode, she's got like her book, she's on the bus. She like, doesn't give a fuck. Like who's watching her read this huge ass book. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a whole lot of friends. It's really just her and Lane. And she's like, fine with that. Like she knows who she is and she's confident in that. She's also super ambitious, right? So Mm -hmm. she comes from not much. We find out in a later season that like Lorelai raised her at this inn and um, they she grew up like in this like little back cabin until her mom could buy their house and um, she went to the local public schools she went to the local public high school until she got into Chilton which is the great like super fancy schmancy prep school <laughs> that her grandparents end up paying for after that she wants to go to Harvard that's been her dream she does not end up going to Harvard she chooses Yale, um, but still, like, who's out here being like I mean, poo poo to Yale? Yeah, it's Ivy League. <laughs> I think she's good. Yeah, she's I think most there. Harvard people would say poo poo to Yale. That's true. That's true. But none of us here are Harvard people, so no, we're we are not. <laughs> <laughs> now, is she always successful? No, she works super hard, but she doesn't always get there. She really wants to be a journalist, and that doesn't pan out. And I think that's like kind of great, especially mm-hmm. that like she has to kind of flounder a little bit. And that was like a struggle of a revival season, but um, at least we got to see her kind of be a person mm-hmm. who doesn't just like get everything. And I, I like that about the revival. Um, Rory reminds me of me in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am quite the perfectionist. I'm a Virgo, so it's just in my blood. She is actually a Libra. I looked this up because I was like, is she a Virgo? No, she's, she's born in late September. So she's like right at the cuffs, but she is a Libra. Um, but she teaches me that it's okay to follow your heart and to worry about yourself a little bit. 
you don't always have to put other people first. And I am learning that through a lot of therapy. Um, I think Rory could have probably used a lot of therapy too, but yes. I, mm-hmm. again, like I advocate therapy for most fandoms. <laughs> Everyone in Star Wars needs therapy. Rory yes. definitely needed therapy. You just, you can't please everyone. Right. And you won't always be the best. And Rory struggles with that. She Mm -hmm. pushes herself too hard. She wants to be valedictorian. She like doesn't sleep for huge amounts of the show because she's studying so hard and wanting to do all these extracurriculars to improve her, you know, her resume to improve her applications. And I relate to that. Mm -hmm. I was the 10 AP kid. I was president (sighs) of tons of things. And in college, I was like on the board of my sorority and on Hillel board and like just really not resting or ever taking a minute for myself because I felt like if I did that, there was a lot of guilt associated to that, that I wasn't doing enough or that I wasn't like being grateful enough for the opportunities I was given. And I feel like Rory is like that. I feel like she feels like if she doesn't achieve, she's not living up to the hard work that her mom put into raising her. Right. The potential. Yeah, exactly. Her potential. Right. But like, what does that even mean? And so Rory kind of figures out that like, it's not all about that. Right. Sometimes you have to trust people. You've got to take a leap. And sometimes, unfortunately, no matter how hard you've worked or how smart you are, someone's going to dislike you. And like, that has to be okay. And it's how we pick ourselves up from these setbacks that matter. So if we ignore the extremely lukewarm revival, It's like, I'm still holding out hope that they're going to actually make another season where we get a little bit more explanation. I don't know. Um, but Rory is super strong. She's resilient. She's intelligent. And I think she really speaks to, especially like younger women who are growing into themselves throughout high school and college. I did not watch Gilmore Girls until college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, I thought it was great. I thought it was super relatable. In a lot of ways, it's the relationship I want to have with my daughter. Um it was just lovely. So my number one pick, Lorelai, Rory, Gilmore of Stars Hollow. You are number one. <laughs> I love nice. it. I, I have only ever seen snippets of Gilmore Girls. Um, I had a, uh, one of my friends was like crashing with me while she had a long-term sub gig at a high school near nearby me at one point, And she was binging it to gear mm-hmm. up for the revival at the time. Sure. So I caught snippets as she was watching it, but Honestly, it's pretty funny. Like it is funny. It is quite enjoyable. It's like a kind of a mindless watch for the most part. And it's just it's it's good stuff. Anders. Yeah. The creator also created Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. So she she's very into like the fast talking, smart. Yeah. Like super fast talking. Mm -hmm. Right? Didn't Laurel Mm -hmm. have to like I forget who plays her? Sorry. I'm like horrible (laughs) with actor names, but didn't she like have to quit smoking because like she couldn't breathe enough to go as fast <laughs> as like Lorelai needed to, to speak? That sounds about right. It was like some crazy Probably. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Anders, who is your number one draft pick? So my number one pick on this, this is the one that absolutely popped into my head right away. We're going into the TARDIS. We're going over <laughs> to Doctor Who and we're going to talk about Donna Noble. So one of the really great things about Doctor Who companions is they're, they're us. They are, for the vast majority of all of them, ordinary people who find themselves in an extraordinary circumstance. They stumble into this adventure. Um, Most fictional heroes, the best of them, tend to be this way. King Arthur, Luke Skywalker, Mulan. They're just an everyday person who happens to find themselves 
somewhere else. Uh, one thing, though, that a lot of these heroes tend to have, at least at the start, is their relative youth, right? The revived Doctor Who, the companions were no exception, and still, for the most part, are no exception. Rose Tyler and Martha Jones, both extremely great characters, but they were both young, attractive women at crossroads in their lives. Yeah, Martha was a med student, but, you know, still, they didn't really have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And then what really set Donna Noble apart was she was a, she was a bit older. Uh, she's middle-aged, but she still didn't have it figured out. She wanted some glamour in her life. She wanted to have a husband and a family, but her life was pretty much a hot mess. She lived with her parents, uh, her mother and her grandfather. Her mother was on her case about finding a stable career, but she was looking for something more. She was temping in all these places because she wanted to be in the city. She wanted a little bit more glamour in her life. Uh, indeed, she then takes it upon herself after her first, uh, she appears first in a Christmas special. Uh, and then when she comes in like a season or so later, she in between that, she has taken it upon herself after she met the doctor to continue to look for him. <laughs> uh, and that's how she idea. comes into, that's how she comes into play uh, in her kind of start as an official companion which leads to an incredibly comedic exchange between David Tennant and Catherine Tate through a door like miming at each other for like a solid two minutes and then it cuts to the other people in the room they realize have been staring at them this whole time um her really but she wanted to find that crazy man in the blue box again and so she did her relationship in the doctor was actually marked by how much it rejected the romantic tropes uh, from the other two companions. Obviously, Rose ultimately does fall in love with the doctor and gets a version of him sort of uh, for her. Martha kind of suffered from that because the chemistry between Rose and the doctor was so good. Uh, but she ultimately goes on and has an extremely, um, extremely great arc. Donner was just not here for any of that. And they never actually had the doctor try and seduce her or like fall in love with her. But anytime anything he did could be perceived in any way as that, she would like slap him away and be like, not today, spaceman. Uh, and she drew me. Yeah. Oh, she was amazing. <laughs> I loved her. She grew into herself. She always wanted to do the right things first, including forcing the doctor to go back and save at least one family from Pompeii. And then when Doctor, when the Donna's time as the Doctor's companion comes to an end, she had just saved the entire universe. And Catherine Kate gives one of the best scene reads I think I've ever seen. So the Doctor is about to be forced to wipe her memories in order to save her life. And there is just such abject terror and despair all over her face. She is talking so fast. She is trying to think of any way out of this because she knows what she's about to give up and will do anything to try and avoid it. Unfortunately, it doesn't come to pass and she's kind of forced into that reset. But ultimately, after her time with the doctor, she does. She eventually, she marries, she settled down and she shows us all that it's perfectly fine to be at that stage of your life and not have it all figured out just yet. You can still grow, you can still flourish, you can still find all the things you want. It's not too late. So if you haven't watched the season 
of Donna Noble's time with the doctor, do yourself a favor, Google most important woman in the whole universe and read up on the first result, Miss Donna Noble. <laughs> Very I nice. love that. I love that for her. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Doctor Who and I feel like my nerd card is like going to be taken away from me. <laughs> I've only seen a few. It's okay. okay. It's, it's a lot. Clearly, it is, it, it is a lot. I mean, even now when we're in the revival, we're on season like 12 or 13. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and I mean, shout out to so many of the other companions, uh, Clara, yes. Sarah Jane, who got her own series at one point. It's kind of more of like a kid's Nickelodeon show, but that was fun. Mm-hmm. Bill never really got the do she wanted. Uh, and mm-hmm. some of the newer ones, their names are, sp- are escaping me. And of course, uh, Jodie Whittaker is now the first female doctor. And... I'm totally blanking on the actress's name, but she played the fe- she played Missy, the female version of the master, who's the doctor's mm-hmm. rival. Cool. Can <laughs> mm-hmm. get, get more ladies? I remember the backlash when she was cast as the doctor and was like, "Yeah, fuck those guys." Shocking! Shocking! Just noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Colleen, who was your number two? My number two also was not difficult for me to pick. It is Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise. Love her so much, played by Sigourney Weaver. I saw Alien and Aliens, the second one, at a very young age. (laughs) Probably way too young, but that's my mom. (laughs) Thanks, mom. She's like, oh, this is fine. It's just an alien. Terrified at like six years old. Still, I loved Ripley even when I was little and terrified. I'm like, she just outsmarted that alien. This is great. And then she was the only one to survive. Like the final girl trope, yes, in horror works for her. But I loved her so much. She's just like, no, leave him outside the ship. He's obviously contaminated with an alien parasite. The only fucking intelligent person on that goddamn ship. I'm sorry, John Hurt, but you needed to stay outside. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you all would have lived if you had listened to the woman. Come on now. I really appreciated that she didn't leave her cat behind. Like she was getting away in the escape vessel. And she's like, fuck that. I need my cat. <laughs> she just, she got him. She got Jonesy. Jonesy is safe. Everything's fine. Uh, she really shined though, Ripley in the second film. Like, holy yes. shit. Sigourney Weaver killed this movie. She was nominated for an Academy Award for a horror movie, which was, <laughs> and still is very unheard of. She's just so unwilling to compromise. I love it. She went on this mission only to make sure that Waylon Yutani wouldn't get their hands on this alien. It was like, no, if I go, we're blowing the planet apart, basically. Like, we're not fucking around with this. She did succeed eventually. In the end, she defeated the alien queen, which is like, holy shit. This, I remember first seeing it, it was like, oh my God, these two <laughs> badass bitches going, like, protecting their young, basically both of them were they're both mothers trying to defend their kids mm-hmm. and that just iconic line get away from her you bitch which is replayed very well <laughs> in harry potter yes yes it is uh-huh. that, that line itself should have won her the oscar but it doesn't really matter it lives on in pop culture history we all know it everybody knows that line even if they may not know where it's from and then sigourney weaver holy shit she got to show every single part of Ripley's life, basically, like the young ingenue, the protective mother, the grieving badass older lady, and then the monster, basically, in Alien Resurrection. She got to do everything. She everything. made that shot 
she made that shot, the backwards <laughs> basketball shot, made it. Ron Perlman going nuts in the background actually happened. And she just walked away like a badass, like didn't even look just like, yeah, it's fine. I just, I love her so much. I love that Ripley never gives up no matter what the universe throws at her. She basically gives a middle finger to corporate America also, which is great. You really just can't kill her though. You can't kill Ellen Ripley. She'll always come back. I love that about her. Resilience. Absolutely. Another I, movie Flo should probably see, but I don't know if you will. <laughs> I have I not have. seen it. When it came to, I named my dog after Ripley um, because I was like, I need like a movie reference. My dog came with the name Daisy from the shelter. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not keeping that. And I was like, I need a movie reference. I almost named her Celine uh, from mm. Underworld. But mm-hmm. uh, at the time I had a particularly problematic student named Selena. So I was like, yeah, not, not happening. So I decided... We're going with the OG, the OG female action star, Ripley. Badass bitch. <laughs> yes. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> Scorning Weaver, please play Ripley again. I don't care how old you are. You can still be a badass. <laughs> love that. Lo, who do you have next? Okay, well, look, who would I be without a <laughs> Harry Potter pick? I was so happy when I looked at this list and I was like, neither of them picked a Harry Potter character. This is it. It's my time to shine. It was a tough choice. Um, mostly I was between Hermione, Ginny, and Fleur. Mostly because Fleur does not get the credit mm-hmm. that she deserves. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's my she's probably my one of my favorite Harry Potter characters. And so I do want to shout her out right here, right now. But I had to settle on our girl, Hermione Granger. Not only would the series have been over before it really began, <laughs> if she wasn't there, <laughs> they would all be dead. Um, but Hermione is one of the strongest women I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the beginning. Not only did she have her life completely turned upside down at the age of 11 when she received her Hogwarts letter, basically indicating that her entire life as she knew it as a muggle, it was over, right? Like living with her parents, going to regular school, her parents are dentists. She just had like a regular kind of lonely life. It's over. She has to start this new life largely alone in an extremely unsafe castle far away from her parents um and life there kind of sucks for her like kids are continuously picking on her for her intelligence for her looks not only like kids but teachers like we all know that Snape is the one who like really dug in on her um Mm -hmm. even about her looks like about her teeth right in Goblet of Fire that's when she gets them reduced Mm -hmm. um just bad shit happening to poor Hermione. But despite all of this, Hermione continued to shine. She earns top marks, right? Second place is Draco, but Hermione's up there. (laughs) She's reaching for her dreams. She ends up achieving them, which we'll talk about in a second. Obviously she made friends too. Um, Harry and Ron, like I said, they would not have gone far without her. And I do appreciate that like, especially towards the end, like they do listen to her. They recognize like, all right, like we need Hermione for real. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as the series continues, Hermione, she speaks her mind. She's not always succeeding in getting the boys on board, but she's always the voice of reason. She's usually right, like probably like 99% of the time. Again, in Deathly Hallows, she leaves her home. She leaves Hogwarts to help her chosen family of Ron and um, Harry mm-hmm. to go live in the woods and on the run for months in a cold tent 
she's not eating very much. She's eating like mushrooms, stolen eggs, like whatever they can find really. But despite these conditions, she keeps the trio safe. She's the one who does the protection charms. She's the one who hatches all the plans. What's her thanks for all this? She's captured, she's tortured, she's maimed. Fuck you, Voldemort, fuck you, Bellatrix, the fucking worse. Mm-hmm. I cannot, but she makes it through. This is like my favorite time of Hermione. Hermione on the run, Hermione captured, like really gave us the best Ron Hermione fan fiction. So <laughs> I, I'm really here for it. This is my top Hermione. She makes it through. She fights brilliantly in the Battle of Hogwarts. She graduates. She marries my true love, Ron Weasley. <laughs> um, and she becomes Minister of fucking Magic, people. Like, mm-hmm. Very amazing young, shit. So young. She's doing all this while raising two children. Always and forever. I don't even have a glass here, but I would raise my glass to Hermione Jean Granger. The smartest witch of her age. A hundred percent. A very very good pick for number two i would say yeah i, yes. I had a pretty strong feeling you were going to do a harry potter pick oh obviously <laughs> i was like i can't so, go harry potter yeah no, thank I you almost, for saving that for me i would have i would have put mcgonagall on my list probably i have a character yeah. who i've come to appreciate more and more mm-hmm. after the I, fact like as i revisit Tonks. the series i love her more and more Tonks, yes. molly i know there's so many right like there were so many good picks but i feel like if you don't go for hermione like it's kind yeah. of a like yeah. a slight to her that she does not deserve. <laughs> I did think about McGonagall. McGonagall was in my top four. Um, I just like, I don't know that McGonagall did enough for me as a teacher to like help them. Like, I feel like, I don't want to like fight with you on the Sanders, but you know how much I'm I not, no. to fight with you. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. We are here to celebrate all of these we're women. I think she's amazing. I think- Certainly, like, during the first Wizarding War, she was probably incredible. I just think that in the second war, she didn't prepare her students, act like, accurately enough for what they were actually going to be facing. Um, okay. That's really my only thing. I think at the end, she obviously showed up. She fought. She was super strong. Um, I just wish that she, like, hadn't kind of, like, kept up the pretense with the kids for as long. Mm, that's great. really it. But anyway, okay. enough about me. <laughs> Who's your second pick, Anders? <laughs> All right, so this is the one. one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So if you think, if you've ever seen the movie, I don't know why this line, well, I know why this line popped into my head, Um, but a movie from mid 90s called The American President. There's a line, they're at, they're at like a big White House state dinner, whatever. Uh, And there's a line that actually, I think it's, I think it's the lady who plays like the grandma in Gilmore Girls is the actress who says this. She says, oh, Men like being intimidated by women. It makes them feel loved. Don't ask me why. And I'm here to tell you that uh, it's 100% true. (laughs) 100% true. And my next pick is a character who can intimidate the fuck out of me all day, every day. And I will sit there and I will gladly take it. Uh, She absolutely oozes power and confidence in a way I don't think I've ever seen in a character, whether Mm -hmm. on page or on the screen. And I am talking about uh, United Nations Secretary General Christian Avasarala from the Expanse series written by James S.A. Corey. She's played on the Expanse TV series by Shora. I'm 
sorry about my pronunciation. Agdashlu. Agdashlu, um, <laughs> who personally I always actually remember as the scientist who got killed by the spiky guy in X-Men The Last Stand. <laughs> but holy shit. The Expanse is filled with incredible characters, men and women. I mean, the the crew of the Resonante, you've got Holden, Naomi Nagata, Amos, Bobby, Alex. They all have their strong points, but Avasarala just takes everything to the next level. She is the smartest woman in the room and she fucking knows it. Uh, she knows when it's time to pull back. She knows how to work a room. She's cunning. She's not there for anybody's fucking bullshit. And she will always say it in those exact words. But also above it all, she cares about the work that she's doing and it always comes through. There's this scene in the final season of the show. She's overlooking this like devastated like croplands on earth and you just see the defeat on her face, but also the incredible resolve behind it that they are going to get through this. She can do the inspirational speech. She can do the strategy sessions. She can do absolutely all of it. And then you top it off with probably some of the greatest co costuming that's ever been done on a TV series. <laughs> some of the boldest colors that you will see. Um, it, it's absolutely incredible. Like when she's not wearing like a space jumpsuit because she's on a spaceship, she's usually wrapped in an asare of extremely bright colors. There's this, I think it's from like the very first episode or something. She's trudging across like this white snow in this extremely like bright orange, mm -hmm. pink and purple cloak thing. Dazzling. And I'm just, and I'm just, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh-huh. So is her husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Big time. And that's when she has this extremely loving relationship with her husband mm -hmm. throughout it all. Yeah. It's a delight. What, what have we learned here? I think like all I heard from everything you Step on me. Is <laughs> Anders really wants to be domed by a businesswoman. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> a very well, well you watch watch a couple episodes of the expanse and you will be right there with me hey i already know <laughs> that i want to be dom don't even at me okay yeah, <laughs> I know she who she is spectacular her voice oh yes oh my god her voice her accent is so beautiful <laughs> when i saw that she was on the expanse that was pretty much the reason i started to watch it Mm -hmm. Anders is out here like talk dirty to me <laughs> <laughs> yes mm -hmm. talk about yes. troubles with Mars yes. <laughs> with me <laughs> she pretty much opens this she opens her performance by like overseeing some some torture <laughs> hey I'm not here to judge you Anders you're safe with us here it's all good <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a kinks are us everybody that's right yes. oh my gosh and my third pick is another powerful lady politician in space. It is Leia Organa. Of course. I of course. love her. I knew you'd do the Star Wars uh, pick. <laughs> I had to. It was between Leia and Hera. I also really mm, love Hera yes. from Rebels. But Leia is my princess, my general, my queen. I adore her. I was about the same age. I think, yeah, when I first saw Star Wars as when I first saw Alien, <laughs> so a lot of <laughs> formative, strong, badass ladies with gray hair. Uh, watching Star Wars for the first time, seeing that there was a female character who was the most competent one on the team was amazing. I remember telling my mom, I'm like, she's bossy. I like her. 
And my mom was like, uh-huh, not into Star Wars whatsoever, but my brother was obsessed. So we watched all the time. She is commanding. She's elegant. She's super proud. She's strong enough to withstand the torture. Love that, which is probably her force elements coming out. And her dad, you know, just torturing her. It's fine. She mm-hmm. also like didn't falter whatsoever when Tarkin threatened her entire world. Like, yes, she was scared and she knew what was probably going to happen. So she's like, fuck you. Here's a false location. Go have fun. <laughs> like, Take your Death Star all she the way bluffed. across the world. She bluffed and she bluffed hard. And I really respected her for that. She, this was like, it should have destroyed her completely. And part of her is by it but she also just knows what has to be done she doesn't lose her cool she doesn't lose her composure luke shows up in that freaking prison cell and she's like (laughs) sassing him immediately (laughs) and it's like give me the blaster i'm leading this crew now yes 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 talk back to han solo even though that you're like five foot nothing (laughs) i love that too short ladies being powerful also high up on my list i love it just pretty much every aspect of Star Wars, Leia is always there. She's this pillar that characters look to, the leader who inspires everyone. No matter what else, who else is in the room, Leia commands it. Like she commands respect, she commands admiration. Even all the old dudes in A New Hope, she walks into a room and they're like, oh yes, princess. Like, what's your plan? And she's one of the rebel leaders. I love that so much for her. She doesn't back down from a fight. She doesn't get mired in despair, basically ever even in her novel where she should be (laughs) like Han's off doing space racing her sons with Luke and basically her entire family history is being Mm -hmm. gone over in the space tabloids and she still just like nope I gotta pull up my damn bootstraps apparently because nobody else is gonna fucking do it the galaxy needs her even when she's exhausted she's still there I love it but then she's still really vulnerable and approachable and well-rounded which is cool. A lot of the female characters in power sometimes seem like they're untouchable. Like you can't go have a beer with them, basically. <laughs> Leia can definitely drink some yeah. beer. That's why Flo doesn't like Mon Mothma. <laughs> Mon if Mothma either is of you, not, not a beer with Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma on this list, I would have left my post at BGS. <laughs> It's over. I hate Mon Mothma. I don't I hate dare her, you. But she's, but she's not Leia. Speak that name on this pod right now. She's the Chancellor of the Galaxy. She is the Chancellor. Can go fuck herself. No. Oh, oh she's she's a good peacetime leader. Yeah. She's Leia a wet is, blanket. Get yeah, out of here. Which is good for peacetime. <laughs> Leia is the wartime leader that they needed. Yes. Oh, I love her so. And Carrie, of course. I think Rise of Skywalker would have been so much better if Carrie had not passed away untimely. It was supposed to be Leia's movie. It was supposed to be Carrie's time to shine. And I will forever be upset that we did not get that version of Rise of Skywalker. Carrie showed that Leia had this inner toughness and it was her inner toughness. And that's why the female fans and male fans, fans of every sex and gender are like, Leia's the fucking best. She's amazing. She's the forerunner to one of Flo's favorites, Padme, of course, and Ahsoka and Rey. She even gets to teach Rey and prove that she actually was trained as a Jedi. Fuck you, fanboy tears. (laughs) (laughs) Leia's a fucking Jedi. 
I just, I, I love her completely. We'll love her forever. And she's always the princess of our hearts. Always. Always. I'm going to cry. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. The only other Star Wars characters I do want to just give quick shout outs to uh, would be, you mentioned Hera, but also Sabine. Yeah. And Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Going back to, you know, women who can intimidate me, Asajj Ventress. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Ray Sloan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sloan. really coming out of a shell tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we need like whips and stuff. Because <laughs> you freaking I, I, I can know. do without those, but. Well, I mean, just for show. <laughs> yeah. Just for the sound effects. Sash Ventress oh, okay. definitely knows how to wield a whip. Come on now. Oh, definitely. <sighs> Oh, Flo, I love your. All right, Flo, I like this pick. This is this is my sleeper pick. Um, I was really like digging in my brain, like who's important to you, like what, like what fandom do you want to do? And I was like, you know what? I don't even care if nobody knows who this is. I'm gonna roll with it. Okay, so my sleeper pick number three is Violet Baudelaire from Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Uh, very, very popular book series. I'm not exactly sure when they came out, but they were still coming out as I was in middle school. Um, so like early, early 2000s. 2000s yeah. yeah. Uh, they did make a movie with Jim Carrey and an excellent, if you have not watched it, very excellent good. Netflix show. So mm-hmm. good. Neil Patrick Harris is Count Olaf. He's incredible. Um, just really, really great. All good stuff. So Violet, like the rest of my picks is highly intelligent. Like my other picks, she rises to the challenges presented to her, often, especially for Violet, in highly tragic and unfortunate circumstances. So while Rory Gilmore was raised by a single mother with an absentee father, and Hermione left her parents and tragically, horribly had to erase their memories, um, Violet's parents both die, actually, in a house fire, um, which we find out is arson, um, when she is only 14. Um, She is left not only orphaned, but she is left to care for her younger brother, Klaus, who is 12, and her baby sister, Sunny, who is like straight up like an infant. She has like just turned one. Um, She does not speak. Like, it's very hard for me as like now a mother to imagine a 14-year-old taking care of a baby. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a lot to put on Violet. Mm -hmm. So not only that, because like that would be enough, right? No, but not only that, she's placed in the care of an abusive guardian, Count Olaf, who tries to force her into marriage, like very abusive. Um, And then he threatens to kill all three of the Baudelaire children. How does Violet manage all this turmoil and trauma? Well, she is a highly skilled engineer, like very incredible. She's also a very shrewd planner. She reads a ton, not as much as for her brother, Klaus, but she kind of synthesizes all the things that she reads into more like action, which I love. She also relies heavily on the talents of her siblings, Sunny's talent being biting, but <laughs> regardless. Very she strong teeth for a one-year-old. Very strong teeth. Very, very strong. And like, I appreciate that because sometimes our female characters don't always delegate or rely on others. Like we even see this in Hermione, like Hermione, very bad at relying on others. She Mm -hmm. like thinks that she can do everything the best. Violet does not think like that. Violet knows that everybody has a talent that can be used and it just like Mm -hmm. different situations require different skills. 
She's also extremely caring, especially for her siblings, but really for like anybody that she encounters. She's very optimistic. She believes in a better world and a life for herself and her siblings. Throughout the series, she's faced with disappointment, with abuse, with child labor, with near-death situations, um, and she pulls through, right? So anytime I put my hair up in a ponytail to work, I always think of Violet putting her hair up in a ribbon and I love it so much. She really (laughs) shaped my tween years. She showed me a lot about thinking through problems and maintaining a good outlook, um, really in any situation. So um, yeah, I just, I love Violet. If you have not read a series of Unfortunate Events, please read it. Really, really great book series. I just read Mm -hmm. um, the first two books with some of my students last summer and they loved it so yeah Mm -hmm. it has not it has not gone old it has aged very very well it doesn't tiptoe around the issues like it is very honest for a children's book I'm surprised it's not banned more often yeah no I agree um and yeah I mean it is very sketchy like as a kid I don't think I really realized like the intense abuse that Mm -hmm. she's facing but like she's basically being offered up as a child bride yeah and it's like it's very scary like what she has to go through and like yeah I I just I really tip my hat to to Violet she's great so that's my number that's a great pick thank Mm -hmm. you thank you I was very proud of it (laughs) who's your number three Anders so this um this was actually one of the tougher ones for me because this is the one I knew what franchise I wanted to draw from and that's I wanted a Star Trek pick um I came to Star Trek kind of later uh in times like i think it had been off the air for the the last series of enterprise had been off the air for a year or two before i even started with the original series um so i went back and i like i i binged all of it original series next generation deep space nine voyager enterprise and i loved all of those and i mean lieutenant ahura is kind of the obvious choice to pick here and i can't argue with how important Nichelle Nichols' performance was as that character and still mm-hmm. is to this day. Um, you know, Captain Janeway is an extremely capable leader, an extremely intelligent character, a fierce fighter. She's coming back now in Star Trek Prodigy, is mm-hmm. animated. Um, you know, Deanna Troy uh, is back in our lives the last season on Picard, her entire mm-hmm. time. You know, speaking of characters and franchises needing mental health i want to just give props to star trek for having a ship's counselor and that's probably one of the reasons that they don't deal as much in like interpersonal conflicts and things and showing characters working through trauma um but the first show that i've actually had a chance to watch as it's been airing is discovery uh and i am actually giving my pick now to captain now captain didn't start that way michael barnum played absolutely beautifully by Shaniqua Martin-Green. And one of the things I love about this character is, you know, all of the captains, even though um, on Deep Space Nine, he wasn't a captain to start. It actually took a couple seasons to make that happen. He still kind of started out on top. Yeah. Michael starts out as she's, she's kind of high up. And then we see her fall. We see her fall to rock bottom and slowly piece by piece, decide that she is worthy of redemption and ultimately work to redeem herself and work put in all of the work to build herself up to ultimately get that rank of captain and a captain that the Federation can truly be proud of. She holds her ground 
She is fiercely loyal to her crew. She has their loyalty. She's not afraid to ask for help from anybody. She has the respect of her superiors. I've noticed, uh, especially this last season on Discovery, it's it's refreshing, but also a little jarring um, at times. Like there have been a couple of characters introduced. There's a like Grand Admiral heading up Starfleet and the new president of the Federation who want any other show like you can tell when they first meet that they kind of michael kind of disagrees with them on a few things and on any other show they'd be set up as like major antagonists but you see them all ultimately come together work together respect each other and actually sit down and solve problems which again it's a little jarring right now to see that happen what that's not <laughs> on tv yeah but michael's ultimately always looking for the right path her character arc has been incredible to unfold. It's gone across parallel universes now into the far future. And I just can't wait to see where, where it goes next. Um, special shout out to Philippa Giorgio played by Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm. on that series as well. Hell yes. <laughs> She's another step on me. <laughs> Isn't that, yeah. Situation. <laughs> yeah. We got to wait for that section thir- that uh, spinoff though. <laughs> I'm ready. I love Michelle Yeoh. She can do no wrong. <laughs> I'm so mad. I missed like opening weekend of everything everywhere all at once. And now it's not playing like anywhere within 50 miles of me. What? Dang. It's ridiculous. I'm going to go see it this week. I want it. I want to see it. Come to LA. Yeah, it'll be everywhere in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty sure it's everywhere here. God's sake. Michelle, yo, come on now. (laughs) I know, right? But that was my last week. All right, now moving on <laughs> to our extensive list of honorable mentions that I'm not not going to lie, I was adding to this like while we were getting ready to do the intro to this mm-hmm. pod. And I've actually thought of a couple more as we Yeah, were I added some while we were talking. <laughs> it makes me happy that our list is so long. Yeah, how yeah. great that like we have so much amazing representation. Like we're, we're so lucky, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Colleen, are you kicking us off? Yes, this was my honorable honorable mention. I thought about having her instead of Ripley, but Ripley really, I, I can't diss my queen like that. Buffy Summers, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar in the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Holy shit. Also very formative for my teen years. I love Buffy. She is imperfect, very imperfect, despite starting out as like, the cheerleader who everyone who's really popular and then she moves to Sunnydale and she's the weird girl which is fantastic because it's Sarah Michelle Geller. how is she the weird girl <laughs> she is because of Cordelia who is also on our list as a fantastic female character from Buffy and Angel same with Anya love her she is a, a vengeance demon against Hilarious. men yes so good <laughs> And then Willow and Tara, of course, who had the first on-screen lesbian kiss. So they are a very iconic duo coming from Buffy. Even if Joss Whedon is like a piece of shit, we still got Buffy. Mm -hmm. And I will just be grateful for Sarah Michelle Gellar being in my life when I was a teen and needed to sob through the end of season two. (laughs) She kills Angel and has to leave. Oh my God, spoiler. I've never seen Buffy. (laughs) Fine, he okay, comes back to fine. life. <laughs> it's, 
it's honestly it's totally fine if i, I didn't watch it in like the 90s i i deserve the spoilers oh, i can't believe it. It. i actually yeah buffy. you should watch you would love buffy i know this is the thing like buffy came out like along the same time as charmed right a little before i think okay i feel like all my of... french friends were like watching buffy and charmed and i was like i'm too little i'm like whatever i don't care um but yeah i should go back um okay so my first honorable mention I like totally would have put up there, but I had like a lot of conundrums. Um, so I am shouting out Victor Hargreaves, who, or is it like Hargraves? It's some, it's Hargreaves. Hargreaves, Hargreaves, right? Okay. Hargreaves. Um, whose dead name is Vanya. Obviously trans men are men, so Victor can't be included on our list, but he did really incredible things and showed extreme resilience when he was perceived as a woman. If you have not watched The Umbrella Academy, we are gearing up for season three. So now's a really good time to catch up um, I love Umbrella Academy and Victor was just incredible, like put down by the entire family and then rose up to be the strongest one, mm-hmm. like literally mm-hmm. medicated to be put down yeah. as the weakest and was not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just like roll right into my next one because I gave way <laughs> less honorable mentions than my co-hosts <laughs> 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 who went nuts with the assignment. Uh, my second one is Claire Frazier from Outlander. If you have not listened to our Outlander coverage, please find it on the feed after you watch Outlander. Um, we are currently in season seven. What season yeah. are we in? I seven, six, right? Six or seven. Six or seven, whatever. Yeah. I have not started watching it yet, but Claire, man, Colleen, we need to get back on, on the horse. I know. <laughs> um, speaking of horses, Claire Frazier riding a lot of horses through the and Scottish a, And Island. one man. And one <laughs> Man, so fine that I swear. Um, yeah, Claire Fraser, incredible. She goes back in time. This is not a spoiler. Um, and just like dominates shit. She's a nurse, but really more of a doctor. She's just incredible. Um, yeah, just super resilient, super strong. Doesn't take shit. Yeah, just Claire Fraser. Great mom. Love, Love it. So those are my two main picks. I did save some last ones for the end, but uh. Yeah, whoever's next, mm-hmm. go for it. I think it's you, Anders, right? You had like uh, 17,000. Yeah. I have a lot. I Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, even if Joss Whedon did turn out to be a big piece of shit, he did also gift us Firefly with Zoe, Inara, and Kaylee, all extremely strong, extremely incredible characters. And River. For very mm-hmm. different reasons. And River. Like I'm still constantly adding to this list. Um, I think mm-hmm. Kaylee in particular stands out as the engineer. Yeah. Uh, on that show. Uh, going over to Supernatural, you had Rowena, the extremely hilarious witch, and Charlie. Charlie deserved better. God damn yes. it. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie deserves, deserves so the better. world. Felicia Day deserves the world. <laughs> um, you know, none of, Colleen, I think you're the closest one of us that could really be considered a comic reader, and even then, like, not super, super into comics mm-hmm. that I know of, at least. Could be wrong. Uh, it depends what they are. Yeah, I love the, selena kyle like you have catwoman on here i love yeah. selena kyle gives zero shits <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. none <laughs> but just some particularly strong uh incredible women from various comic series you got wonder woman we've got mystique black widow storm supergirl batwoman miss martian lois lane star girl you mentioned catwoman uh sarah lance on legends of tomorrow on the mm-hmm. cw is mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters on tv she's freaking hilarious squirrel girl Girl, amazing girl. stronger than the hulk 
I have no experience with Squirrel Girl other than Anna Kendrick wants to play her. Um. Oh my God, that would be perfect. I love her. She's very funny. Very, very just irreverent and like, la la la, yeah, I'm really strong. I, she's amazing. I yeah. love, love, love her. <laughs> uh, some more Marvel TV. You know, you've got Agent Carter. You've got uh, mm-hmm. Daisy and Gemma Simmons. Uh, if you've listened to us talk about Star Wars and the book of effect. You know my love. <laughs> you know my love for Melinda May uh, and Ming Na Wen on Agents of Shields. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely would wipe the floor in hand to hand combat with just about anybody you put her against. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are plenty of Disney picks. I mentioned Mulan earlier, Merida, um, Raya, Raya, and Moana. Mm hmm. Very enterprising young ladies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we didn't have any picks in our main ones from Game of Thrones, but I mean, Arya, Sansa, both incredible in their own different ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Cersei, Danny, Elena, Brienne of Tarth, absolutely. Night of the Seven Kingdoms, baby. Absolutely. Oh. One of the best episodes of the show. The, the best. best episodes of the, the show. Best. Also, the best. I- I still say this like uh she is like you see her on a red carpet she is possibly one of the most glamorous people I've ever seen in my life yes (laughs) and she's playing Lucifer in the Sandman adaptation which I am I'm excited very excited for if it ever actually comes out if we ever get a release date I mean (laughs) I still sing Jenny of Old Stones to Charlotte almost every single day like Hmm. that episode is peak peak uh, the one that almost made it onto my list, but I ended up giving the spot to Avasarala, Olivia Benson, Law so & SVU, such a great character. I mean, to play the same character on TV for almost 25 years is absolutely nothing short of astounding. What Mariska Hargaday has done with the role and what she's used it to do in the real world with her um, activism work for yes. victims of sexual assault so is incredible. Uh, Law and Order is definitely struggling a little bit with the current climate around policing uh, and what to do about it. Stumbling a little bit, still trying to do good things, although the dialogue is really bad. <laughs> The dialogue, I watched it recently. The actual, the actual, like written lines that they have to say is pretty. It's pretty bad. I mean, they've but, been on on screen, for but they're years. trying. But they're trying. <laughs> um, Wendy from Ozark is an incredible kind of antihero villain type thing. Laura Linney does an incredible job. I love Laura Linney. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of so the Caribbean. Good. Like very, very qualities in those movies, definitely. But there's definitely something to be said for going from the damsel in distress to the fucking pirate king. I mean, talk about somebody <laughs> who could like step on my neck at any time. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Oh my yeah. God. Major mm-hmm. uh, shout outs. I mean, over in Downton Abbey, you've got the Dowager Countess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more recently on the Gilded Age, you've got Aunt Agnes by, from Christine Baranski. Uh, also, Miss Scott is a great character on that show. Uh, Getting into a couple of Scream Queens, you got Cindy Prescott and Gail Weathers from the Scream series. Always yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Laurie Strode from Halloween. Oh, she's fantastic. I love Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. I love Shouts Jamie Lee forever. Curtis. Scream Queen. <laughs> uh, Claire and Barbara from Tales of Arcadia. Grace and Frankie from Grace and Frankie. The longest running Netflix show on there right now is wow. Grace and Frankie. So good. Two elderly women whose husbands decide that they are gay together. 
And yep. so they have to move in together and support each other in kind of an odd couple situation. So good. A couple it's of, you know, so 70 or 80 somethings who decide to start a business where they make vibrators for elderly women. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Out- Everybody needs one is all I'm yep. saying. Show they is make hilarious. really great sales. <laughs> they make really great sales. Uh, also shouts to June Diane Raphael on that show who was absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the women on Letterkenny are hilarious in their own right. If you haven't, go watch at least their International Women's Day special. It's so funny. Um, Black Arachnia. I don't care what anybody says about the Transformers movies. I am pumped for Rise of the Beasts. All right, Beast Wars was fucking amazing. Black Arachnia was awesome. That is the one on the list where I was like, what? (laughs) What a take. The Black Widow Spider Transformer. Absolutely okay. awesome. I know very little about the Whatever floats your boat, Anders. <laughs> uh, getting into some other things. I'm, j- I'm just going to keep rolling, guys. Interrupt comedic me. Ladies. Oh, no, you're doing so good. Ladies. I mean, we got Parks and Rec. Leslie Nope, Donna Meagle, and April Ludgate. Some absolutely incredible characters with some incredible mm-hmm. arcs uh, over on The Good Place. You've got Eleanor and Tahani. Great, great friendship on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Janet Darcy Carden got robbed of an Emmy nomination and yeah. deserved win for the Janet's episode. I yeah. will fight anybody yeah, on that. <laughs> it was ridiculous that she did not win. She didn't get nominated for that one. She didn't get oh, nominated until the next season. Nominated, that's right. Mm. Uh, Liz Lemon from Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I went next, adding a couple to our already long list. I have Miranda Bailey from Grey's Anatomy. I love her. Fantastic. Also from the Shondaverse, Annalise Keating, like hmm, powerhouse woman from How to Get Away with Murder, Maeve from Westworld. Holy shit. I love her. I love Tandy Newton. She can do no wrong. And she's basically the reason why I kept watching Westworld for as long as I did. Mm -hmm. I just really loved her character. The entire cast of Orange is the New Black. So, so good. The actress who plays Tasty is on Peacemaker now. Mm from Orange is the New Black. So good. She's fantastic. I'm glad that she's on Peacemaker. She was probably my favorite part of that series, besides Eagly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then we have Michonne from The Walking Dead. She is the most badass character on that show. Also really good in the graphic novels. Andrea is much better in the graphic novels, and she would be in The Walking Dead list of badass women. Uh, The March Sisters, from Little Women, especially. Okay, but so. are we including Amy? <laughs> Maybe older Amy, who's a little yeah. bit less of a of a spaz. Amy's like a raging bitch. I can't. Yeah, she's she, the youngest girl, young, though. I mean, young Amy can get that because I'm no, a writer. No, Florence Pugh. Threw. Florence Pugh plays her, so anyone Florence Pugh plays gets gets passed. Okay, I, fine. She, yeah, I agree. The only Amy, no shots at Kirsten Dunst. I think she did a really good job in the older Ugh. version. But mm-hmm. I really love Florence Pugh. So I was very biased for that, Amy. And yeah. yeah. Fair. She was good in that one. Elizabeth Bennett, my sister. Like, this is totally who I am, basically, always with a book. Mrs. Darcy. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. if only. Where is where are you, Mr. Darcy? Where are my marriage proposals that I can ignore? Amen. <laughs> From a very, very arrogant man who's just very handsome. Uh, next, we have another ginger, Anna Free Gables, and Shirley. I love her. She's so dramatic. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> I love her so much. And with an E, underrated series on Netflix. Haven't Everybody checked that one out yet. I, I do occasionally think like, I wonder what that 
they Thanks. delve into some topics where it's like holy shit they actually did kind of talk about this mm. in the books and they just go into it a lot more in the series nice. it's a lot grittier mm. than the megan follows series which was also very good okay uh i had some more mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you did. so many there's just so many <laughs> so many um in particular so american horror story from covenant apocalypse we have cordelia fox mm-hmm. love her uh extremely cool character um, All the Women from Parenthood, which is a criminally underrated show. Could not agree with you more there. Mo- I've never met a single person who thought that show was like just okay. You that either like amazing. you either tuned in it. and think it's incredible and one of the greatest pieces of television that's ever been made or eh, it wasn't for me and I turned it off after a season or so. But oh my God, all the women on that show do an incredible job. Particular though, Mae Whitman, Bonnie Bedelia, yeah. and Monica Potter all deserve mm-hmm. multiple awards yeah. for their work on that show. I think only Monica Potter ever got nominated. Mae Whitman is incredible. Really? Mae Whitman's incredible in incredible. that show. It's absolutely amazing. Wow. Um, Matilda. I mean, child. Shout, out. Our girl. Got shout out to our girl. Matilda. The OG BGS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check out our Matilda coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh, a little bit earlier, so uh miriam and rose are great Susie is fantastic Susie. we do not we do not appreciate alex bornstein enough as a society yeah <laughs> who else could just Marvelous. walk around the cat scales with a plunger and just be like yeah i work here <laughs> and then goes missing and everyone's like no <laughs> that show is such a treat i oh, love yeah. that show <laughs> uh from the stargate franchise shouts to general samantha carter and vala Maldoran. From Avatar Universe, mm-hmm. you've got Katara, you've got Toph, you've got Korra, Asami, Kaioshi, so many incredible women. All of the clones on Orphan Black, who are all played by Tatiana Mals- Malswani, um, another person who I think she only got nominated and won an Emmy once yeah. and should have multiple times. Yeah, insane. <laughs> she plays like 10 different people, if not more. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at the list of all of the clones she played. Yeah, Allison was my favorite, the suburban housewife. Allison was great. I love Allison. I don't know who my favorite was. <laughs> it's hard to choose because they were all awesome. They were all incredible. So good. <laughs> uh, back to a series from my childhood, Rachel and Cassie from Animorphs, both incredible in their own rights. Um, I feel like I have to shout out Miss Piggy. <laughs> yes. One of the better part, one of the best parts Sorry. of a Muppet Christmas Carol and really any Muppet movie or TV show you're going to watch is Miss Piggy. <laughs> yes. Also gives zero shits. So <laughs> gives absolutely zero shits. Can we, while we're at it, just shout out the pink Power Ranger? <laughs> I thought yes. about putting her on here. Yes. Pink and, and yellow the Power yellow. Rangers. And the yeah, Power and of Ranger. course yellow, but I feel like pink was formative. Um, yeah. And then of course- Amy Joan I, Johnson, oh, now and yes. always. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She was um, on Felicity too. Ooh, Felicity. <laughs> and I will take the last honorable mention with mentioning our newest binge- extravaganza over here um shout out to kate sheffield who in the show is has the last name sharma they use sheffield in a different way um and of course all the bridgerton ladies we had daphne mainly last season but we had kate this season incredible um and edwina who was great in a different way um Mm -hmm. as we gear up for bridgerton season two coverage team oh my gosh i'm so excited (laughs) you guys been like hanging out with the ton and uh you know Mm -hmm. you're all the diamonds of the season to me i'm just telling you 
So yeah, you. that's it. That those are honorable mentions. And so I'm sure many. we missed some. Oh, I'm we sure we'll sign off here, and I'll have like five more. Yeah, yes. you can just write them to us, Anders. There's so many like books. I can I can have so many from books and anime. I thought about putting an anime character for my top three, but it would it was already pretty solid. Was it I would Sailor put, Moon? Because she's amazing. I, I I did not watch Sailor Moon. I was in the oh, wrong age God. bracket for her. My pick would have been Mikasa Ackerman from Attack on Titan, who is a wow. badass. Mm-hmm. And, I'm here with like Sakura Card Capture. <laughs> Misty I don't know who you from people Pokemon. are talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The classic, yes. classic anime character. Oh, I guess not anime, but I am going to shout out Yennefer from The Witcher. <laughs> oh, yes. Gotta love Yen. I love Yen. How did we Miss not do anyone from Once Upon a Time? I told oh, I was going to put them show. on my honorable mentions list. Oh, my Regina. God. Regina. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, failed. Too, we have actually. failed you, dear listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many, now that we're looking through it, so many amazing yeah. women in fandom that we can embrace and look up to and also have them look down on us, That's perhaps. Right. <laughs> yes. Anders would like that. Anders wants to look down on him. I wouldn't mind. Clad in leather. <laughs> or beautiful saris. Or saris, yeah. Saris in the snow. Oh God, she looks amazing in that episode. All right, everyone, before we start talking about even more amazing women in fandom, I think that is where we'll leave it for today. Thank you for being with us and come back next time. Like Flo said, we're going to head into our next topic, season two of the Netflix mega hit Bridgerton. Suddenly Anthony's hot. We don't know what happened, but it is. It was always hot. Don't even at me, but Anders is providing (laughs) all the spoons. So get ready. (laughs) So many spoons, everyone. Well, not really in this season. There were a lot of bees. It doesn't matter. We'll get into that when we get into the season. You can enjoy us wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that follow button. Leave us those five-star reviews. You can check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can catch all of our episodes. Enjoy my book corner where I am reviewing Star Wars literature. I need to get back on that. I'm sorry, everyone. And contact us through email and social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. Check out mine and Anders's and Daniel, who's not here with us today. Yet another podcast feed where we explore what's new in the Star Wars galaxy. We're going to be hitting up Kenobi very soon. Very, very soon. May cannot come fast enough. But until next time, everyone, salute those formidable ladies and keep those episodes streaming.